Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude. Country Wine and Spirits is America's number one online liquor store. You can go there and find anything that you want and maybe a couple things that you never knew that existed and you just got to try it. They carry everything, all the name brands that you're familiar with, whether it's Jameson's or Crown Royal or Swole Tequila. They got everything that you're going to need there, including bar supplies and whatever else you're going to need to create your own home bar. So head over to cwspirits.com and remember, use discount code HEY5. That's brand new as of right now. HEY5 at checkout and get 5% off your entire order. And remember, free shipping over $125. It's a great deal. You got to go check it out. Head over to cwspirits.com. Use discount code HEY5 at checkout. Hey bartender, pass me a drink. The reason that I'm here is I need time to think. All the ways of the world have really got me Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast, people. This is your bartender speaking. You can call me Anthony or you can call me Dude. I'm cool with both of those. Welcome to the year 2023, at least uh, uh, that was the year when this podcast was recorded. For those of you people who may be catching up in the future, I don't know what you're doing. But welcome to 2023. Here's to a new year, new goals, new uh Anything, you know, let's all uh, try to have a better life out there. Uh, but uh, enough with the sappy stuff. How's everybody doing out there? Hopefully everybody had a good New Year's uh, and there were no fights. There were no uh, bad things that happened in the bar. And I hope you all saw something really groovy uh, as you were going home and saw people doing the New Year's walk of shame. That's always hilarious. Me, myself, I really didn't do anything for New Year's Eve. I just stayed at home. When I started hearing fireworks go off, I sat out in my garage with a cigar in my hand and, uh, tr- truthfully, truthfully here, hand to God, a root beer. It was a well-crafted root beer. It wasn't just like uh, A&W or something like that. But a fancy root beer and my uh, cigar, and I sat and watched all the fireworks going off all over the place. It was kind of cool. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I didn't go out. I just didn't feel like it. Uh, uh, having one of those moments where being around people just didn't sound fun to me. Uh, you know, don't have a girlfriend this year. Don't uh, really have a lot of people to hang out with. So, yeah, that's just me, a cigar, and a good root beer. That's all I did. For today's episode of Hey Bartender Podcast, we are going to go into part two of service industry problems. If you've been listening to the podcast a couple episodes ago, I did part one, and this is part two. And, you know, obviously it should come next because doing part 37 after part one is just confusing. 
That was a horrible joke. I don't know why I even decided to say it, but I'm leaving it in the show. But as all of you know, we've got to start off the show with a drink special. Now, I've been stocking my home bar for making TikToks and things like that with a little bit of help from CW Spirits, Country Wine and Spirits. Uh, remember to go, you know, I'm going to tell you guys this constantly. Go to cwspirits.com, use promo code HEY5, just HEY5, H-E-Y-5, and get 5% off your entire order. They've got specials going on all the time. Go there. It's what I stock my bar with. But I decided uh, to look into other liquors that I've never really dealt with that much. Now, some of the higher-end bars, some of the more classier bars, that in uh, the hole-in-the-walls that I used to work in, would probably stock this liquor. But uh, I've never had it before, and I've never made any drinks with it, so let's talk about it. The cocktail we're going to make today, can, the main ingredient contains absinthe. Um, now, everybody probably their ears perked up a little bit going, ooh, absinthe. I've seen Eurotrip. Well, uh, don't get your hopes up. I don't, uh, I don't know if you'll actually hallucinate and see a green fairy or end up making out with your sister like in Eurotrip. But um, for those of you who don't know, uh, absinthe is called the green fairy. This black licorice-flavored liqueur has been ripe with controversy since the 1900s. Uh, and it's just known to have some uh, odd effects on the body just because of uh, you know the, the ingredients that go inside it. It was illegal in the United States for uh, many, many years, but uh, it's available now. And actually, when I talked to uh, uh, the people about it, they said that they've lowered the alcohol content so it could be uh, sold in the United States. Uh, absinthe is a green uh, a, a, anise. Um, yeah, we're going to say that. A-N-I-S-E. Uh, flavored liqueur made from botanicals, wormwood, anise, fennel, and other herbs. What's it taste like? It tastes like herbal with a strong black licorice finish. It was illegal in the United States from 1912 to 2007. Uh, and, you know, you know, we'll talk about that other stuff uh, another episode, or maybe I'll uh, talk more about absinthe on TikTok. We need to get to the drink special. So, the drink special that I have chosen for this episode is called Death in the Afternoon Cocktail. Invented by writer Ernest Hemingway, it's a unique drink that pulls out to impress guests. Of course, we like it, so we don't mind sipping it as a nightcap either. So how do you make it? Uh, well, you get yourself a champagne glass. You pour in one shot of absinthe and top it off with champagne or Presco. And then a couple dashes of simple syrup, and you've got yourself a death-in-the-afternoon cocktail. For those of you who decide to try it go to, uh, and uh, see what happens to you, uh, let me know what you think about it. Email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com uh, or message me on any of my social medias, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Love to hear from any of you. In fact, if you've got anything to say, just message me and uh, good chance you'll get uh, read over the air. Okay. Now let's get to the service industry problems. Now, let's set the scene for you people here. Now, during the day, uh, the blinds are open. All the windows are showing sunlight through. 
And, uh, you know, when you get there in the afternoon, I usually got there about five o'clock. The sun is starting to go down. And so let's set a little bit more of a mood. Let's turn down the lights just a touch. Not enough to make it completely dark in there, but enough just to relax everybody, bring everybody down and, uh, and, you know, get them to relax a little bit and enjoy the atmosphere because they've been, all your customers, they've been around fluorescent lamps all day long or standing underneath the sun all day long. Let's, uh, let's bring them down a little bit. So we go in there, we put our stuff away, we uh, get ready, maybe for guys like me, uh, I don't know about you people anymore, uh, I have a cigarette before I go out behind the bar and I go out get behind the bar, make sure my till's good, and uh, say hi to my servers. And then I turn to my first customer and I say, hey, what can I get you? And they say, can I get a beer? That's all they say. It's never descriptive. If It's never, uh, you know, it's like I'm supposed to know. You know, back in the day, way back, I'm talking way back, they might only had one, two beers on top, on tap. So you can say, whatever you got on draft, that's cool. But in this day and age, when we've got, you know, four to six domestic and 18 micros right behind it, not to mention the uh, bottles or if maybe cans, you might have cans in your bar that we have in the refrigerator. They just say, can I have a beer? Now, there has always been temptation in my mind where I just want to just reach back and just give them whatever falls into the glass first. I've always wanted to do that, but I never did. My famous way of dealing with it is I uh, stand to the side, point at the taps and go, what flavor? And then they look at the wall and go, (laughs) okay, uh, yeah, uh, can I get a Coors Light? There there lies another problem because uh, servers, uh, bartenders, you all can relate to that where you stand there and you – that somebody asks you, what do you have on tap? And you say, okay, we have Bud, Bud Light, Coors Light, uh, Miller, uh, uh, let's say Black Butte Porter, Mirror Pond. You name off all, every single beer uh, that you have on tap, and they order a domestic light beer. Uh, you know, it's almost a waste of time. Now, I can't really say whether or not it's because the customer has already has the familiarity of being in the bar or being in a bar. I mean, a lot of people, I've never seen them before in my life. Regular customers can get away with that because uh, if they're regular customers, they say, can I get a beer? I know what kind of beer they want because it's the same beer they order every time. And so it was never a problem. But it, when it's a guy that I've never, ever met before or a girl that I've never, ever met before that orders a beer. And it's it's... I'm sitting there going, look at the wall, please. and Or can you pay attention to your surroundings because we don't have a beer. We don't have that generic uh, can that was like a black label that just says beer in white labels on it uh, or white letters. It We have many different colors of the rainbow. Pick one. And, uh, you know, it's... I don't know if that was really a huge problem back in like the early 90s or 80s or something like that. But when I was bartending in the early 2000s or in the late 90s, 2000s, uh, it it was just 
uh, funny. I, I'm not going to say annoying uh, because it, you know, it's to be these people, they're just overly comfortable. And so uh, they just all of a sudden just say a beer. Or maybe you're a new bartender or server there and they're already used to being treated as a regular customer. And so they say, can I get a beer? And you're, you know, you're forced to say which one or what flavor or, uh, cause you know, some customers like to mess with the new people, you know, it's just give me a beer. And then they come back and they, uh, they come back to the bar and then realize, Oh, there's more than one beer. So, uh, what kind of beer did you want? And the customer either starts laughing at them because they just feel like they just pulled a fast one on this new person or they get mad saying, come on, I come in here all the time. It's one of those things where I think the customers actually debate, you know, they sit there and think I'm such a regular at this bar that they, when they hire a new person, I should be part of the hiring process. I should be part of the orientation you know, this, okay, there's a guy, his name is uh, Frederick. He comes in, he gets a, a Widmere Hefeweizen every single day. Make sure you don't give him any fruit. He hates that. You know, no, we don't have time to go over every single customer when we orientate the new people. I mean, God, can you imagine that? You know, have a, you know, have a boss that all of a sudden says, okay, we want you to go out on the floor and we want you to know everybody so that you can just slide right in and they automatically feel like they're, they're at home. So let's go to the slideshow. This is Mary. She drinks Chablis on ice. Put it in a pounder glass. Okay, let's go to the next customer. You know, uh, boy, that would that would scare me. You know, that's like damn near clockwork orange type of stuff to me. But sorry about that. My mind was wandering a little bit. Happens from time to time. Which leads us into our next server pro, uh, service industry problem. Uh, have you ever had those customers that don't bring any cash with them and order one drink at a time and every time they want to use their credit card? And you you ask them every time, do you want to start a tab? And they go, oh, no, 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 no. But then they come up again, order another drink, and use their card again. Now, I don't know what it's like. Uh, nowadays, this probably hasn't changed all that much, but uh, back when I used to bartend, we had to run their credit card every single time. And the first, uh, well, the first place I bartended, uh, I didn't take credit cards because I was a banquet bartender. The second place I had to go over to a credit card machine, uh, down on the other side of the bar and run the card and, give the card back to the person and have them sign it and then put it in the computer. That was a lot of work. Uh, well, it wasn't work. It was just tedious. And that got annoying after a little while. And I had to take cues from uh, my coworker, Shannon. She would just say, stop it. You're running a tab, you know, and she kept the, uh, kept the card behind the bar. Now, I've often wondered if it would had to do with trust issues that some customers had of leaving their credit card behind the bar. And, you know, they're afraid that the card will get stolen or lost or whatever, because that happened from uh, one time it happened really bad. And 
um, this one cut, you know, this one customer took it a little bit too far, but he was kind of a pain. He was a nice guy, but when he got mad, he was spitting fire and it didn't take much to get him to get mad. Um, at the time, everybody's credit card or debit card almost looked the same. Uh, if you banked at a certain bank, it looked exactly the same as another card from that same bank. And sure, every once in a while, you get a little bit mixed up because you got two U.S. banks, three um, Chase banks, uh, five Wells Fargo. And, you know, you pick up one card, you're sure it's theirs, you run the card, you give it back to them, and then all of a sudden another customer comes up later and says, I'd like to close out. And then you look down and go, oh, crap, their name's not here. And this guy, he took it way too far. Yeah, He was spitting fire. He called the manager the next day. This is a guy that uh, he claimed he was a Marine, uh, but he was another one of those guys that he ran around supporting the Marines, which good for him. And he quoted a few good men whenever he got drunk. Okay. Uh, but he didn't really have any of that Marine uh, etiquette that uh, I, I expect of people from that came from the Marines. Now, I was never in the military or armed, uh, armed forces of any kind, so I really can't say much. But, yeah, he got pissed and when he realized that his card was missing. And he called the manager the next morning. He was spitting fire. He was, uh, <clears throat> and he was insulting uh, Shannon to no end. And uh, uh, I knew the guy, and I was like, "Dude, calm the fuck down, because we'll find it. Don't worry about it." And he's just, "I fucking can't believe this." And eventually, the, the next day, we actually did get his card back because one, we narrowed it down. Uh, because the card that was left at the end of the night belonged to a girl. And that girl came back the next day saying, um, this isn't my card. And so, you know, they, uh, we got it all straightened out. We got everybody, you know, their, uh, the proper amounts got charged to their cards and everybody was happy except for the guy that, um, that we lost, we lost his card briefly because uh, he held a grudge, a serious grudge. And he, um, you know, between him and me, he and I got to know each other to the point where I knew who he was. Even Shannon actually knew who he was. But it was one of those times where the management was like, take a card for any tab. I don't care who they are. Some of you people will do that, right? You know, you know the person. You know they're good for it. Then uh, you don't need to take their card every single time. But yeah, those uh, he he refused uh, he refused to come into the bar anymore because of that one little incident. And I ran into him at the next bar that I worked at, and he says, "Oh, I'm never going into Paradise Grill again." And I, uh, I smarted off to him, go, "Oh yeah, they really miss you." And he's like, "Wait, what?" And I said, "No, forget about it. Don't uh, just sit down, finish your." drink and he he let it go but yeah he got really pissy about it um people with credit cards have always using their credit cards or debit cards to run a tab have always been 
a little off because you got one, you got that one person that runs their tab uh, that doesn't want to run a tab but wants to run their card every time they get a drink. Uh, The ones that cracked me up when that came to that situation is the people that order a Coke. And it's a buck 25. It's half hour before closing. This guy's designated driver. The guy, you know, I... I hand him the Coke and he hands me his debit card. And I said, you're going to pay for a Coke on a debit card. Get away from me. And I sent him off. You know, he kind of laughed at that. But um, there was this other guy. He knew that he had to leave his card behind the bar because he'd walked out on a couple tabs, a couple times. And, you know, no huge deal, really. Just he got a little absent-minded and just decided, uh, you know, I'm leaving. Maybe he had something lined up ready for that night or something like that. But he just all of a sudden decided I'm out of here. So we said, okay, you can't leave unless you leave your card. And, but the funny thing about this guy is he never had money on that card. If he said, I want to close out my tab. If you just go ahead and grab your card, it's going to get denied because there's no money in that account. And then to be like, Oh no, 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 no. I got cash. And so, so you gave me a card for your tab in case you walked out that doesn't work anyway. And he goes, Oh, I don't like using it, uh, using it. Um, he always went to, uh, this, this is the type of guy that he was. He never used the ATM because the service fees, service fees on ATMs are ridiculous. I'm, I'm going to side with him there. So he would go to the grocery store, buy a small pack of gum for 50 cents and they get $40 cash back. And thinking, I'm saving money. And, you know, you know, you don't have to go through that much hassle if you just use the card the way most people would. But I don't know. Uh, to me, the girls like that guy. I never could understand why that guy, because I always thought he was just fucking weird. Von Payne is made for those who want to explore the possibilities of the night. Different, unique, and not like the others. Founded by people who live on the fringe of the alternative communities, enjoyed by all. Von Payne Black Whiskey features a -a one-of-a-kind heavy metal gargoyle pour spout that is guaranteed to capture the attention of anyone around you when you pour a glass of this deep ruby red blended whiskey. This is a premium blended whiskey infused with natural black currant. At 45% ABV, you will experience many levels of wow factor from the look of the bottle itself, the metal gargoyle and the great taste of the black currant with the blend of their whiskey. Von Payne black is now available at CW spirits. Remember to use code Hey five at checkout for 5% off. Hey bartender. Okay, so what's next on the list of uh, service industry problems? Ooh, yes, this is a good one. I forgot how to make that. Now, there's a lot of bars out there, a lot of restaurants and stuff like that, that have developed their own menu, probably for the sole purpose of that sort of thing. So people get stuck on what they order or are more inclined to order what's on the menu than what's off the top of their head. The hole in the mall bars that I used to work at we didn't have a drink menu. It was, you come in, you order something, we give it to you. And sometimes we don't know it or we haven't poured it in a long fucking time. So we don't remember what goes in it. Me, myself, my ties, 
No fucking idea. I, a lot of those multi-liquor tropical drinks, I can't remember what goes in those things ever. And how often were they ordered? Not often at all. I mean, the people at uh, more of the corporate restaurants that have that uh, special tropical theme in their bar, they probably get asked for tropical drinks more often than I ever did. But, uh, you know, some of the places, uh, the bartenders, they don't uh, really have to remember because they got the speed guns that you just push one button and boom, there's your drink. You don't have to worry about uh, pour costs. You don't have to worry about how much goes in it. You just push one button and there, it's a Long Island iced tea. And, you know, there's no extra pour. There's, yeah, and you can't really... uh, give a customer a little bit extra if they say, hey, uh, take care of me, make it extra good, would you? You say, sorry, I can't. Click. There you go. You can't blame yourself for not knowing how to make something every single time uh, you get asked, but the customers will most of the time flip you shit for it. They, They come up to you and they'll ask you, make me a slow, comfortable screw up against the wall. Now, out of all the bartenders that are listening to this, How many of you can right now say you know how to make a slow, comfortable screw up against the wall? I can't remember right now, and I'm sitting right next to my computer. I could just easily just look it up and tell you exactly what the ingredients are. But just to prove my point, I'm not going to tell you what's in it because I don't know. And it would be cheating for me right now to pretend like I know and look it up on the internet. I'm going to just sit here and say I don't know. But, you know, you can always give that customer the option to say... I don't know how to make that if they don't know what's in it. Most of the time, if you tell a customer, how do you make that? They, uh, so most of the time they get a little bit of reassurance. It's like, oh, okay. I get to tell them exactly how I want it. And it's going to be exactly the way I like it. But some customers are just like, fuck, I don't know. Just make it. And so you guys have uh, a little bit faster, uh, means of looking up stuff. I mean, all you have to do is just grab your cell phone nowadays, type in name of the drink in a Google search engine, and then there you go. You can go ahead and make it. But back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, when I was bartending, we were still depending on the bartender's Bible or the dummy's guide to bartending or, you know, we had to look it up in a book. And it, it was... It took a little bit longer, sure, but as long as the customer bit wasn't a pain in the ass, you could uh, throw that together as soon as you can. I uh, There was another drink. I always think about this drink because uh, during my years as a bartender, I only was asked for it once, ever. But my grandfather used to talk about it all the time. Two drinks my grandfather used to talk about when I was a kid and when my dad was a kid. One was a Harvey Wallbanger, and the other one was a Singapore Sling. Harvey Wallbanger, easy. Vodka, orange juice, Galliano, uh, Flota Galliano on the top. Singapore Sling, I don't have a fucking clue how to make that right now. Like I said, I can look it up on my phone right now and pretend like I do, but I don't want to pretend. I, uh, you know, This is actually me not knowing how to do something. But you do run into the occasional customer who's, you know, they uh, say... Uh, can I get a Singapore sling? And you're like, you know what's in that? Or what's that? Or you, you ask them a question that go along with it because you don't know what it is. 
and they go, you're the bartender. Shouldn't you know how to make this? Now, don't feel bad. Just you might have to stab yourself in the leg with a fork to keep from smarting off to them or just smart off to them. You know, I'm, I'm cool with both, but they, you know, they smart off to you and they said, well, you're the bartender. You should know how to make that. Well, you can't blame yourself or feel bad that you don't know how to make a drink because there are millions of drinks out there named a million different things, each drink. I mean, you go to one place and you ask for one drink. It might be called something else and, uh, at another place. You know, you can't really uh, get past that. I mean, there are places out there that take a normal everyday drink and claim it as their own. Like, let's call uh, the restaurant uh, Vapors Anonymous. And so they decide... We're, we've got a drink. We've got our own drink. We're going to put it on the menu. We're going to call it the Vapors Anonymous Long Island. Now, if you sit back and you look at the recipe on how that drink is made, you realize it's just a top-shelf Long Island. They just use the more expensive liquors to uh, make the drink and then add put their name or, name on it. So the next time the customer goes to a different place, they go, I want a Vapors Anonymous and you go, what the hell's a Vapors Anonymous? And then they tell you what's in it based on what they read on the uh, menu. And then you have to break it to them. That's just a top shelf Long Island. You pretty much got overcharged by a groovy name. Vapors Anonymous isn't really uh, groovy, but uh, you just you were basically talked into paying $14 for a top shelf Long Island. Now, what I can do for you is I can make you a regular Long Island. You probably never notice the difference, and it'll be about five, eight bucks cheaper. Now, you guys will have to forgive me with some of the prices that I come up with when I talk about drinks, because, like I said, I haven't bartended for quite a while, and drink prices were cheaper back in the uh, back in the two thousands or you know pre two thousand ten, and so there was a TikTok video I did where I uh, served up a rum and Coke and I mentioned that the rum and Coke was two fifty, and I got tons of comments on there going, where the hell do you get a rum and Coke for two fifty? And I was like, Oh yeah, my drink prices are probably around 14, 15 years old. So calm down people. But bottom line people, if you forget how to make a drink, don't sweat it. Odds are you got it written down somewhere. You got your cell phone nearby, or maybe the customer will be cool enough to play along with you and say, this is how you make it. This is how I like it. And so it's really nothing for, uh, for you to worry about. Next up, we got glass collecting. Oh, God. You know, depending on the size of the bar that you work at, glass collecting can be a pain in the ass. Uh, even not depending on the size of the bar, it's just how many people come in and how fast they drink. Uh, now, I wasn't the greatest when it came to collecting glass all night long just because I'd always get caught behind the bar or I didn't want people waiting at the bar too long for me to come back up and get a drink because I worked in the local neighborhood bars. Everybody knew everybody. Most people went to high school with each other and used us as the regular everyday hangout uh, still after they graduated high school and all that stuff. It was one of those places where everybody married their high school sweethearts as soon as they got out of high school, but divorced 
four or five years later. Very tragic. But I had a hard time with glass collecting uh, because uh, I used to uh, ex- not expect, but hope the customers would come up to get their get their drinks at the bar when I was by myself. If I had a waitress, it's a completely different story. But uh, the waitresses were always awesome about picking up glassware. But I wasn't always good when I was there by myself because, like I said, I don't want to leave the cash register. I don't want to uh, disappear and then have the customers wait or think that, oh, I'm a regular customer here. I can just walk behind the bar myself and nothing will ever happen to me. Yes, it does happen. And people hide the glassware in the weirdest places. Uh, One place that I can think of right off the top of my head, the... Uh, it was late at night. These people, we were supposed to close at midnight because we had zero customers in there. And at like 11.55, this group of 10 people come in and say, sorry, we're about to close. And they say, oh, come on, just stay open for us. And I turned to the guy that was uh, running the kitchen for me and I, uh, because I was only there for one night. I, I wasn't going to work anymore after, uh, at that place. I was there as a favor. And I turned to the cook and he's just like, uh, yeah, if they want to, uh, if they want to pay to be here, that's totally fine. But when it came to last call that night, uh, cause they were having fun singing karaoke, they were, uh, carrying on having a good time. And, uh, all of a sudden I said last call and it was last call that I'm in Oregon. I could not serve any more drinks past two o'clock. And, they, uh, so I, when I yelled last call, they said, oh, send us up another round. And I'm looking at it and they, these people have maybe a quarter of their beers drank. And I said, drink those down a little bit and then I'll bring you out some more. And they drank what I thought drank them down. And I brought them out a couple more for last call. And the reason why I told them to drink it down a little bit, uh, because the bar that I was helping out at, nobody really wanted to work at because, uh, the cops were constantly watching the place. They were, uh, you know, across the street. The bar was notorious for over-serving people and then sending them on their way. And they warned me about that ahead of time and asked me not, you know, to really keep an eye on that. So uh, I did. And they, once I got everybody to leave for the night, you know, they... Uh, got rid of the karaoke DJ. They turned the lights on and all that stuff. As the cook was sweeping and mopping, I was cleaning up all the glassware. People hid their glassware underneath the table or in the six-pack of beer. Uh, you know the, uh, the you know how six packs of bottles come in those boxes. They uh, stuffed them in that. They were using them as condiment holders. And they stuffed their beers in that just so I would serve them up another beer. But they never finished them. So they still walked away paying too much for what they were, uh, you know, what they were there for. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Collecting glassware in this other bar that I worked at that had four pool tables and video poker machines. Uh, It was tough to navigate around the pool tables because there's always somebody lining up their shot and you don't want to interrupt them. You don't want to, uh, you know, hit the cue. Because the people that were working there were really, really serious about their pool game. 
and they didn't like being interrupted. They, you know, sometimes there was money on the line or reputation or whatever. And so you had to stop or go the other way. And then you don't pick up the glassware in that corner. And then you uh, keep going. In fact, this is a funny story. I was at a, uh, at a pool hall here where I live. And it was, you know, there were like 20 tables in this place. You had to rent out the pool table. And as I was lining up my shot, this waitress, who was excellent at her job, picking up glassware, uh, making sure all of her guests were uh, well taken care of, I was lining up my shot. And just as I was about to hit the cue ball, she yells, boo! And I just laughed. And, uh, you know, she she know, she knew what she was doing. And uh, my friends were like, oh, she's totally into you. And I said, no, she's not. She probably won't even look twice at me for the rest of the night. And she didn't. But, uh, you know, who am, who am I? But uh, when you're walking around the pool tables, it was it was rough because uh, you had to skip corners. You had to skip tables every now and then because you didn't want to ruin that person's shot. So things start, tended to stack up for a little while. Ashtrays tended to get a little bit more full than usual. And... But the, the place where I always got in trouble when it came to picking up glassware was the poker machines. The poker machines in this particular bar, the other bars that I worked at, they were well lit. You could see between them. But in the poker, on uh, this poker area in this particular bar, it was in a dark area. And there were no extra lights. There was, uh, it was just a dark corner, closed off corner. And so when I walked through there, I didn't see an empty glass from time to time just because in, you know, this is my side of the story. The owner and manager of that particular bar would probably tell you differently, but I didn't see a lot of the glassware. So the next time that the manager came in the, in the morning to open up the poker machines, take the money out and do the count every once in a while, they'd open up a poker machine and a glass would fall. Yeah, whether it would break or something like that, I don't know. Yeah, the The owner and the owners of that particular bar were really, really touchy. I told you about them before. They prefer to leave notes than be confrontational. You know, talk face to face ever. And but uh, they would you know, leave me a note the next day saying, "I found glassware uh, behind the poker machines. You really need to learn to look back there." And I'm just like, sorry, I'll, I'll do better next time. And then a couple weeks later, it would happen again. And, you know, it was, I, I was just like, come on, you know, give me a little bit of a break, you know. But uh, yeah, they didn't see it my way. But then again, most managers uh, never see it my way because I'm a pain in the ass. During National Cancer Prevention Month in February, Misunderstood Whiskey is partnering with JDJ Foundation to help families who are battling cancer. Misunderstood Whiskey will donate $1 to the JDJ Foundation for every 750 milliliter bottle sold of Misunderstood Ginger Spiced Whiskey during February. If hot toddies are your drink of choice, Misunderstood Ginger Spiced Whiskey is the way to go. Go to misunderstoodwhiskey.com slash have dash a dash toddy and make yourself a misunderstood hot toddy to help families in their fight against cancer during National Cancer Prevention Month. The link will be available in the description of this podcast. 
Remember to buy yourself a bottle of misunderstood ginger spice whiskey and have a toddy to help somebody. Hey, bartender. Last thing I'm going to talk about this episode is standing on your feet all night long. That's right, people. People in the service industry don't ever get a break. We are on our feet constantly. You know, there's chances for us to sit down, relax, sure, but we don't take them. Most of the time, if you've never worked in the service industry before and you decide to shadow somebody, you know, keep a close eye on them, you'll notice that they'll, they're even eating their lunch while standing up. They don't sit down. And, and when they go out and take a break, maybe go out uh, outside of the garbage corral, have themselves a cigarette, they don't sit down out there either. People of the service industry are standing on their feet constantly and are always looking for the greatest shoe to wear so that they, their feet don't hurt by the end of the day. Um, you know, you pro- you guys probably think that I'm going to probably uh, promote some particular shoe brand right now, but I have my preferences. Yeah, I the, there was always I always wore work boots or combat boots when I was behind the bar. That was my thing. Uh, my coworkers, some of them wore Keds, some of them wore Converse or just Nikes or Adidas or something like that. But I'm I'm not going to promote any particular kind of shoe or boot or something like that because everybody's feet is a little bit different. Some the people I found that people that have flat feet really really enjoy Converse. Uh, for uh, a lot and uh, you know that's but that's their opinion I mean I've talked to a number of people who are like Converse yeah but you know don't look at me I kind of like Converse but behind the bar I always wore either work boots or steel toe something because uh, they were comfortable in my opinion work boots or steel toe boots once you break them in they're probably the most comfortable shoe that uh, you'll ever wear but the breaking pro- uh, process is torturous. Oh, dear God. Now, I even remember one time where a friend of mine hadn't seen me in a little while. And I'm working two jobs. And both jobs, I'm on my feet the whole time. And one day before I went to work, uh, my knee was bugging me really bad. And I decided, you know, I'm going to put some tennis shoes on instead of wearing work boots. Because uh, the tennis shoes... Uh, weren't as broken as the work boots because I, I I wear I used to wear those work boots until the sole fell off, and I walk not conventionally. I, my toes point, uh, uh, you know, at a weird angle as uh, you know as to where I'm actually walking. But uh, one day I wore, decided to wear tennis shoes, and a friend of mine who hadn't seen me in a while she she looks down and she goes, "Where are your boots?" And I said, oh, my knee's bugging me. I decided to just wear tennis shoes today. And, you know, it actually weirded her out a little bit. And I I was just like, yeah, whatever. But the whole thing about wearing steel toe boots, one, like I said, they were comfortable because I broke them in and they were molded to my feet. And two, uh, if I spilled something on them, uh, like if you're wearing tennis shoes or canvas shoes or something like that. You didn't have soggy feet for the rest of the night. It, it was just feet survival for the most part. And, you know, I we stand around, we walk around. The best way to keep from getting sore feet is just to keep walking. That way you keep the blood circulating throughout your feet. 
servers can do that. The uh, servers are walking to the tables, walking to the kitchen, walking to the register, walking back to the tables, walking back to the kitchen. They're all over the place all the time, unless they're a lazy server. I've worked with those. But the bartenders, we don't have that big of a space because our bar is only so big. And, you know, once in a while we get stuck in a conversation and we're uh, standing in one place for a little while. After a while, you notice that your feet hurt. The very first night I bartended at a real bar, my feet hurt incredibly bad. One uh, reason for that was because I worked the day shift. And that day they decided to fire both of their bartend- their night bartenders because they caught them selling weed behind the bar back then weed uh, was illegal. And they caught their bar- bartenders selling weed behind the bar. And so they tried to call another server and say, hey, can you come in and work tonight? They sh- and they said, that, and that server said, no, I'm busy. Can you call the new guy that you just hired? And they're like, he's already here. He's been here since 10. And she goes, well, I'm busy. I can't do anything. And they were like, all right, that's fine. And then they came up to me reluctantly and said, uh, can you work the rest of the night? And I said, yeah, sure. I was always all about helping out that, uh, helping out the family uh, because uh, the owners of that bar were old family friends. Too bad they screwed me in the end, but uh, they were old family friends and you know, sure, I'll help you out. And so I worked from 10 a.m. till I think it was during the week. They, uh, they closed at 11. So I worked for 13 straight hours, uh, not including cleanup and counting down the tills. That was probably another hour and a half. So let's say 14 and a half hours straight on my feet. And dear God, did my feet hurt by the end of the day. There was, and there wasn't even that much business, uh, because, most people were going to another bar once the people, once the people of the town found out that their uh, weed source was, uh, was gone. They went to another bar. And so I was just sitting there going, now what do I do? Uh, I'm not getting tips right now. At, l- at least I'm getting paid by the hour. I was getting paid minimum wage uh, for you people out there in the service industry that get paid in tips only. I would feel absurdly sorry for you. If you're, you, if you were your business was that dead that night and there's not much I can do. I can't wander around pick up glassware because there's nobody there to drink. I can't clean off the tables because there's nobody there eating. Uh, there was karaoke going on that night. I ended up sitting on top of the bar watching comedy central because my feet hurt so bad. I didn't want to sit at one of the bar stools. I, uh, cause I didn't want to look like a customer, but I'm sitting there in jeans and a Hawaiian shirt uh, because that was the uniform that we were required to wear and just watching uh, Comedy Central and the karaoke DJ is doing her thing, but there's nobody there to sing karaoke. And so I'm just, that was probably part of the reason why it was dead that night too, because not a lot of people at first uh, like to sing karaoke. It built up over time, but at right at that point, moment in, when I first started working at that bar uh there was nobody and so I had no choice my feet were killing me so I had you know to sit somewhere so I sat up on top of the bar just watching tv and but when the other bars started to close uh uh people would try to come over you know the mostly the uh maybe we closed later uh because I did have a late night rush but 
it it was it was just so uh pathetic for business that night and when you have no business you're standing in one place you're leaning up against something because you've cleaned everything and you've organized everything you got nothing to do and that's you know what causes your feet to hurt so you know comfortable shoes and move around as much as possible that's what how you keep your feet from hurting but you know after a few years or not even a few years a few weeks of doing it i just got used to it you know it's um a lot of the bars you know they had they have pads behind the bars not so you don't slip all over the place spill mats and depending on what kind of mat you have you don't really feel it anymore like there was one bar that i worked at that uh had the ones with the holes in it and uh cleaning those were a bitch just because they were heavy awkward and uh all that sort of thing and tough to put uh, really stuff into the dishwasher. Uh, and they were gross. But uh, you tried to stand on that all night long. That can help. Another bar I worked at, it was more like a cushion that you uh, stood on. I never cleaned that. I don't know exactly whoever did. Uh, hopefully I wasn't ignoring a responsibility that I didn't know about. Uh, one of my former coworkers will probably tell me someday if they hear this. Well, that's the end of Hey Bartender podcast for the new year of 2023. Welcome back, everybody. Sorry it took me so long to come up with a new episode. Uh, Started a new job, uh, working hard at that, and trying to work out a schedule that I can bring people onto the show and, uh, you know, bring up new topics uh, and bring you some good quality content. Which reminds me, if any of you who listen to this podcast are bartenders, server, work in the service industry at all. Please, if you want to be a guest on the show, just email me, heybartenderpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to talk to anybody and everybody to bring on this show, get your stories, because every person out there is unique, and I want to hear those unique stories. Remember, you can follow Hey Bartender Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. All of them are at Hey Bartender Podcast. The HeyBartenderPodcast.com website is a little bit under construction right now, but you can still catch up on new episodes there whenever you want. And also, don't forget to check out CWSpirits.com. And when you order there, remember to use code HEY5 at checkout, and you get 5% off your entire order. You can buy all sorts of liquors, spirits, uh, wine, stuff for your home bar. You can get everything you need right there at cwspirits.com. Just remember to use discount code HEY5. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for Hey Bartender Podcast. Thank you all for listening. And remember, I come out with new episodes all the time, so always check back, share, like, and subscribe to Hey Bartender Podcast. Follow me on the social medias. Every little bit helps. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, as usual, for the first time in 2023, I wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go? I just go.